Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Did you enjoy the game at the Coliseum on Saturday? Did you wear your Fort Never Lose apparel from SneakyAthletic.com? If you didn't, you should next time. Go to SneakyAthletic.com, type in anxiety in the discount code box, and you'll get 10% off your order. Again, that's SneakyAthletic.com. Type in anxiety in the discount code box at checkout and save 10%. Thanks a lot. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me today via Skype on this Monday evening is my friend Mike Leboff. And uh, Mike, uh, we have uh, some emotions to talk about, I guess, following the Islanders' uh, last game. Yeah, good emotions, though. Yeah, good, for sure. Definitely. Very, very good emotions. So it's uh, it's uh, still a good time to be an Islander fan. Yes, that has that has not changed from where we left off uh, the last time. But uh, we're, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff. I think in the second half, because I, I have a feeling we'll both have a lot to say about uh, Saturday's uh, win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, let's start with the game before that, and then we'll talk about the Blue Jackets game as a game, and then we'll go into the whole Coliseum thing. Um, so the Islanders went into Boston last Thursday and came out with a uh, a shootout loss. And it's kind of one of those games that I feel like kind of divides – a community or a fan base or a comment section or whatever, like you might think of it as a 
uh, a point lost. We'll talk about the, the the four incredibly lame shootout attempts, I guess, in a minute. Uh, or you might think of it as like a a pretty good win uh, or a pretty good point, I should say. Barry Trotz said it was a good point. You're on the road. Um, the Bruins have suffered a ton of injuries. They still are suffering a ton of injuries, but they're still a very, very good team. And um, I thought the Islanders in general played pretty well. They had a lead. They lost it. They played a very, very bad second period. But they played well in the first and third periods, and in overtime was pretty much all Islanders. I mean, it was, went back and forth, but the Islanders had the best chances for sure in the overtime. Matt Barzell had a goal called back. Still not 100% sure why. Uh, and then, again, they went to four shootout attempts, uh, and none of them made Tuka Rask do much or anything. Actually, it's funny. I was thinking about it. We, we both sat here, and you and I and pretty much everybody on this side of that game, I think, assumed that Yaro Halak would be playing – and he did. He sat on the bench, and we got Tuka Rask, and it was, in a lot of ways, a vintage Tuka Rask performance. He was great. Robin Leonard was great, too. His first game uh, that he's really looked like his old self uh, since he got hurt that one game in Pittsburgh. So I'm I'm positive. I, I came out of that game thinking, hey, that's a cool point. They got, a, they got a point out of it. That's really all you can ask for on my outside of getting the win in the shootout. Um, but what, what was your takeaway from that? I mean, did you, did you find it a positive one or a negative one? Yeah, I think Stefan, uh, I, I skew towards the positive side, especially with backing it up the way they did with the Blue Jackets game. You take three out of four against those two teams, and I think you'll take that all season long. Uh, and yeah, I, I was really kind of ticked off about the no goal call because when they went to review it, it seemed pretty obvious what the the right call to make was, but they didn't go that way. Say la vie. And uh, yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I thought I, I was really impressed with uh, like a lot of the the players. I thought Thomas Hickey had a good game. Uh, you said they did turn off again for the second period. That seems to be something that that happens with this team, not just the second periods, but there's just like you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes a game where they they aren't kind of clicking. But you know, like that happens with every team. So I'm not. There's just nothing. There was nothing really alarming about that game in my mind, which is good. And I and the. The red flags are like starting to become fewer and fewer as the season goes on, which, you know, the Islanders are in a really good spot still. And that 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 game, I came away saying, all right, like this team hung with sure the Bruins are banged up, but the Bruins play a great system. They still have David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, like uh, these these are good players and on a good team and play they play a great system. And the Islanders held their own uh, in a game that probably like the odds suggested the. I can actually get it, remember what the odds were, but they were pretty, pretty. It wasn't. They weren't as egregious as I thought they were going to be, and uh, so it, was, it it wasn't a coin flip game in the market, but it was the the Islanders. I thought were uh, a shorter underdog than I thought, and and that kind of told me like, all right, the Islanders are even against a banged up team are starting to get a little bit more respect from from uh, the market, um, and that that stuff is is all encouraging. So I think there's a lot of encouraging signs to take from that game. They definitely outweighed the negative ones. I'm glad you brought up the odds because we'll talk about them, I guess, at the close of the episode. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, with what you're saying. Like, that, that's a good point to take away, again, coupled with the win that they got uh, against the Blue Jackets two nights later. Um, yeah, the the, uh, the other thing about the, the Bruins, you know, again, it's on the road, which skews things a lot, too. And it was Rick Middleton night. Uh, they retired the, the number of uh, Rick Middleton, who played uh, really well for a lot of sort of mid-'80s uh, Boston teams. I find it kind of funny when when teams and, and the Rangers did this too. They retired John Rattel 
last night or, or two nights ago, whatever. And uh, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, Rick Middleton uh, was a great player, and so was Jean Rattel for a long time. But like, do you find it funny when like a team retires a guy's jersey like twenty five years after he's retired? Like, isn't that kind of weird? Like, it's not like, well, you weren't <laughs> yeah. good enough to retire as soon as you retired, but now we're going to retire you now. Like, what stopped the Rangers from retiring Jean Rattel's number, like, literally 30 years ago? I mean, I've been hearing about this guy my entire life. Why, yeah, is, why didn't they retire then? It makes you think that uh, the John Tonelli ceremony is coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, and I guess, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, there, there's this fan base that has fallen, like, they fell in love with this guy, like. I, you bring up John. If you ever say John, John Tonelli wasn't, you know, a great player or slander his name between, you know, oh my God. between yeah. Flo, Floral Park and Montauk, somebody would like punch <laughs> punch you in the face. Uh, like just so uh, I mean, I never watched him play and I just still know, like, if, if you were growing up back then, John Tonelli was your man. And uh, <laughs> and so I guess, you know, it's like stuff like that. And other fan bases have those guys and they're uh, they they're yeah. getting their their uh, their due. But I guess, so, yeah, yeah, it was definitely really random because I was like. Wait a minute! Like, yeah, I for, I didn't I wasn't re- I didn't realize what was going on, and I was uh, taking the train home, and I'm like, why hasn't yeah. this game started yet? Yeah, and, no, it started like an hour and a half. It started at like eight fifteen, as from like a six thirty start, <laughs> whatever. Which is like, this is you know, this is your life, Rick Middleton. They're gonna go through every stage of the guy's life, but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no, I I took that away. I mean, they they played pretty well, except for the shootout, which has kind of been a bone of contention. Um, Four skaters uh, went. I believe it was Everly, Bailey, I think Nelson and Barzell. I might, I might be wrong there, but none of them really like tried to de rask or make a move. They all kind of shot for the same spot in five hole or thereabouts. And even even Barzell was kind of confused as to what he was doing there. I don't think Rask, you know, was complaining about it, but he seemed a little bit kind of like he didn't really have to do much. Uh, Robin Leonard was great until Ryan Donato beat him. He'd put a little deke move on him and scored. And, you know, and the, the shootout is a coin flip, so what are you going to do? But I take that as a positive point. Um, and then two nights later, they had uh, the big one, I guess, for the week. Uh, game against Columbus Blue Jackets. Another team like the Bruins. They're big. They're well coached. Uh, they're pretty relentless. And uh, they the pomp and circumstance got started early in the day. And uh, everybody was all keyed up. And then the Blue Jackets jumped out to a 2 nothing lead <laughs> uh, in the second period on two goals about a minute and a half apart. Uh, both just guys who were uncovered. Hardikainen basically was there for a rebound from Thomas Grice. And I forget the, uh, the, the Dubois goal, but it was kind of the same thing. And then, uh, you know, the, the building quieted down for the first time since the game had started. And then all of a sudden... Anders Lee got a little bit lucky, I would say. The ball, the puck sort of bounced off his arm and behind Bobrovsky, and that was really all the Islanders needed. After that, uh, Anthony Beauvillier scored a, a beautiful goal. It was a two-on-one, but he did it all himself, hammering in his own rebound. And then in the third period, uh, Casey Zekas got an, a nice feed from Ryan Pollock behind the net, much to the confusion of Butch Goring. <laughs> he was skating with the puck, and uh, and he scored. Um, and the Islanders really, after that second Columbus goal, it was, it was pretty much, uh, all Islanders the, the Blue Jackets didn't have a whole lot of push until they, they pulled their goalie. Um, that was a good win. I mean, that was, again, we, we've said this before and I don't want to like get too crazy cause they're like 25 games into the season, but that was as big a win as you can get in on the first day of December. Like it, it kept them all in the race, still bunched up in the Metro. It's another uh, division opponent that you've beaten, you, you know, everybody's kind of watching you. It was a free game on Twitter or whatever, Facebook or whatever. So uh, people were watching. It was a huge game because of the Coliseum. And they came out 
and they came from behind and won. And the first thing I thought of was here, you and I have sat this whole time and talked about how the Islanders are in a real problem situation when they have to come from behind to win. And lo and behold, they came from behind and won. So I was pretty impressed by it. I was happy I watched it. It was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, the night really, honestly, Arthur Stable put it best, and we'll talk more about his article today later. But it was damn near perfect. It was pretty much the perfect evening you could ask for. You can really ask for more than that. It may be a blowout, but that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. So this is the best scenario available. Yeah, I I, uh, I was impressed, and, and I was thinking about like how we've talked when they went down to nothing. I, I I was obviously thinking about that. Oh man, this team just is not built for this. But they <laughs> they I mean the that Bo, the Beauvillier goal was just was awesome. Uh, I didn't, I, I did not think they were going to give that legal. And I was just, I was just thinking like, oh man, people are going to start littering the ice here. We, and, <laughs> and you know, it would have been funny, but, uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised obviously. Um, and just from that moment on, like they kind of, you know, it's, uh, you'll hear it all the time. Like momentum isn't a thing. It's not tangible, but like in the building like that, it, it just, you can tell like the team, whatever it's cliche, but they, as soon as that building came back to life, like there was a little bit of an extra jump, and um, I think that Beauvillier goal was was the kind of uh, I don't know bottle cap when you explode it, and the the place really erupted. Uh, it was honestly uh, was impressed, so impressed with uh, the game that Grice played. I thought like the, he's he quietly had maybe the best game of everybody in there, uh, and th- seeing Leonard and then him go back to back the way they did. It's just, I mean, if those two guys aren't world-beating goalies, but they are, they are just doing, and it's, it's got to be Mitch Korn. <laughs> All right, like these, these two guys have just given the Islanders exactly what they needed when the, in the games that they've won, and the, the Islanders, because, probably because of the system they played more than anything, have, haven't had that on a consistent basis. And if if they get that kind of effort, sixty games a season, which Hopefully they do. Uh, by the you know the way these the form these two guys are in, uh, the Islanders are in a good shape there. Uh, and I and like I actually watched the condensed game afterwards because I kind of wanted to relive the moment. I came I came home I, I I watched the fight and then I uh, I watched the you know Islanders in sixty or whatever and it was I was cracking up at Butchie. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, he should have shot that. Oh, and then then they scored. Uh, yeah, but that that, that was yeah. great. I was a really nice play by Ryan Polak who I was. Honestly, in the back of his head was just like, I'm going to get so much heat if I don't, if this puck doesn't end up in the back of the net because I should have shot that. Uh, yeah. Great, great pass. Just, you know, really nice moves, sucking two defense. I mean, Zach Rowenski basically went towards, I mean, he just did a great job. He, yeah. he executed that really well. And obviously, Sezika scoring, right. uh, you know, was that's that speaking of like, you know, John Tonelli types, mm-hmm. people, you know, oh, we all, sure, yeah. yeah, we love that guy. So it was just, you know, him and Lee scoring, it's, uh, it was great. And I thought, the they they killed the game off very well too. Yeah. Uh, there were like maybe one or two hairy moments. They uh there was one play by Valtteri, Filippola, Kunakel, and Komarov, which was probably the the island the best play the Islanders will will have this year that doesn't end up in a goal. Bobrovsky just made a ridiculous save on. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they made like four extra passes on the play, but they were yeah. all like you were like whoa, wow, whoa. Yeah, the third damn. period was uh was full of like there was a sequence there of about three minutes where. Bobrovsky and Grice like were alternating awesome saves. Like it was like, holy cow, what is happening right now? But uh, you know, I think that was after the Islanders had scored, so it was kind of like keeping the score where it was. Yep. But uh, but yeah, no, and I like that. Um, you know, I think the Islanders sometimes can be accused of maybe thinking a little bit too much. And my favorite part of that, aside from Pollock, like you said, 
you know, pulling those defensemen towards him and, and skating that extra stride around the net was no hesitation in Sezikis. He went right to the front of the net and he waited and Pulik hit him. And that was it. And like, that's how it's supposed to work. And that, that's what chemistry looks like. You know, again, those guys, I don't know how often they're they are on the ice together, but that's the way you're kind of supposed to, you would think that a team that's kind of coalescing would play. And that's the goal that ends up that way. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, trots, you know, he, he sounded good. I don't remember exactly what he said afterwards, but, uh, you know, he said it called it a character win and all that other stuff. And that's the kind of stuff you're going to look for. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Blue Jackets are sneakily a good team. I mean, I, sneakily in the sense that they're intermittently the leading leading the division. <laughs> but, I mean, they're not a team that you, you think of traditionally as a Metro powerhouse for sure. I mean, the Caps are the defending cup champions, and the Penguins have won two, in a row, two cups in a row. But, like, they're kind of – they're really falling apart right now. They made a trade today that we'll talk about later that's, I don't know, kind of puzzling. But, um, but yeah, that was as good a win as you could think of early in the season and, and all the uh, – the sort of trappings went along with it, uh, make it even better. Uh, so I guess that's our transition to talk about <laughs> the amazing game. So you weren't at the game, right? Like you, you watched it at home. I watched it at home. So no, yeah, I was there. Oh, you were. Yeah, oh, yeah, great. yeah. I, I, uh, I had a, a a way of getting in. Let's just, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. I will. I will. I'm not going to ask any questions uh, and incriminate anybody. But uh, oh, all right. So I mean, well, well, how early did you get there? Did you have any like tailgating? barbecue or uh not quite that early well because of the way i got in i had <laughs> i got in as soon as i could uh, i was fuck, I, I did a couple of laps around the parking lot i got there i probably got to the parking lot at 4 30 maybe and um i was inside the coliseum at like five um uh, i mean at six when the gates opened mm. uh and <laughs> just kind of walking around the empty arena and yeah. it, it was the I was I was obviously in there early and and just like the the quiet when I was w- working with Fischler I would always kind of be taken away taken like kind of taken aback by by the, the quiet like how quiet it could be in there because it's so small you and you you could hear a conversation before anyone got in there you could you could hear a conversation like across the the arena if someone was coming so I I got in there and I was like looking at the ice and and it aside from the color scheme obviously you miss like the green and blue seats. That's that's didn't like really startle me because I, I I the only other time I was in that building was for the New York Open uh, the tennis mm. uh, and I had seen the uh, like just the layout and like the way it looked so it didn't like that didn't uh, <clears throat> you know surprise me or anything I was kind of I guess used to that already and the ice like the the sheet of ice everything from everything just kind of looked the same like it wasn't they didn't do anything to to I don't know make it look different or to it was like people have said it's like a fresh coat of paint or whatever. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I think it's funny that that was kind of the way they, they went about the renovation. But yeah, I walked in and I was like walking around the inner concourse. And as soon as I walk in, there's, I see like these dudes in uh, vests and like polo shirts and there's, they have a big trophy in their hand and they're just like kind of walking up and down the, the staircase with it. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And it turned out to be <laughs> the PGA championship trophy. Cause huh. I guess, I guess it's at Beth page and they are doing something there. <laughs> I was okay. Like, that, what the hell was it doing at the Coliseum? Yeah, I was just like, that, yeah, very strange. This that was like the first thing I saw. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it more as the games like the start of the game. But the the parking lot looked like the same. Everybody was in a good mood. There was none of that uh, like venom kind of style stuff that you like you would hear. And I was a little worried like people would do. It seemed like the Blue Jacket. I was talking to a couple of Blue Jacket fans. They they had a blast. Wow. And they were like, they were talking about how 
great it was to be there for this game, even though they lost. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think good, a lot good for them. I didn't think that there were going to be any Blue Jackets fans there. That's uh, that's impressive. I, I like that. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually I work with a, a Blue Jacket fan, and and I it's like you know he was going to go, and then he the Ohio State made the um, Big Ten championship, so he decided not to. And I was like, it's honestly probably a good decision. Just you might run into like you know a couple of you know a holes and you know people who take take the uh, like the tribalistic nature of the Coliseum to heart and do something stupid. I'm like, you know they they play. He's like they play again in March. I was like, go to that game. <laughs> if you want to see it like let's yeah like yeah. Let, you know let let this one go and uh i honestly think he would have been fine there i, mm. I say everyone was in such a good mood yeah. it was so strange nobody it was the island like it was the weirdest vibe because it was so good and uh and i'm not just talking about sporting events like i've never been in a place where you can just like feel people if nobody even said a word you could tell how happy everybody was yeah uh, and it, it, that's interesting. I'm glad to hear you say that because, like, I, I, you got that vibe from the TV, like, and and everybody. I noticed the uh, you know Newsday ran a uh, like a photo gallery of people in the parking lot and tailgating and stuff. And I noticed that there weren't any. At least I saw. I think out of like ten pictures, I saw one 91 jersey. And uh, I wonder if that was by design or like by you know by the way they arranged the. It was only ten pictures or something, but or if that was just the way the the place was. Like there just weren't that many of them out there. People kind of trading them in for current players. But um, I, I find it funny because like yeah, that's not something that that kind of vibe is not something that Islanders fans often get. Like we don't have it. Even playoff games like are usually almost like more mean. Like you said, more tribal, more like dangerous or tense or something like that but this was just people were just happy to have them here yeah it was a party yeah and uh and i find it kind of funny because like you and i said last week you know that the perception of the coliseum has definitely changed since the islanders left there you know at first we were like oh man they they can't go back there that's ridiculous but you know a lot of the people that kind of caused them to move uh are gone now i mean ed mangano's out of office and Charles Wong has uh, unfortunately passed away, obviously, but but even still, he doesn't own the team anymore. Um, and so a lot has changed. And, and so now coming back to the Coliseum, it's, it is different than the state it was in when they left. And I found it funny that everybody was talking about, you know, that the players were like, we're home. You know, Anders Lee on Twitter is like, hey, what's everybody doing tomorrow? Even the team puts out like, we're back, we're home, we're, where we belong, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, they still have to play games in Brooklyn. Like this is awkward, isn't it? Like I feel like you know, they're it's almost like you're talking to behind somebody's back, right to their face. Like they're just you know, Barclays Center is right. They still have nine games to play there, including Tuesday night against the Winnipeg Jets. And actually, Andrew Gross's story today, Newsday, was all about how the atmosphere is not going to be like what it was on Saturday. It's going to be like a library, like it normally is at Barclays. There's going to be like five thousand people there probably on Tuesday night in December against Winnipeg. Forget it. There's you know, nobody's going to be there. But I just found it funny that for all of the we're home, everybody's happy, they're back, this is great, I love this, there's another arena that is not getting that. And uh, it's almost like, you know, kind of talking again, you know, across about somebody who's standing right there. And I mean, to me, that just reinforces the idea that they're done with Barclays. Like, they're just, they can't go back there for another season after this. Yeah, you play nine games there, whatever, this year, they'll go by in a heartbeat. And nobody will remember them. But after all of this homecoming and we're back and everybody's back where they belong, they can't possibly play there another two years before Belmont, right? Like that just yeah. feels wrong. I mean, all the stuff they were talking about this year, it just felt last night, that night, it just felt wrong 
But then it'd be like, yeah, we'll just play Brooklyn again for another two years. Nobody wants it. Just, yeah. It, it was actually – someone brought this up to me. I, it, didn't, it didn't hit me until uh, someone pointed it out was it's so weird to watch a game again where there's not – you know, a big Honda sign and then a, Honda, <laughs> and then a car yeah, and then, and then a, an empty section where there are no seats. He's like, mm. she was like, it's like a, it's really strange to see people on the other side of the ice. Like, mm. and I, and that's when I started, I'm like, wow, like, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we can't, we can't go back. Like, it's just not, yeah. and we're, and whatever, like, yeah, they're going to play nine games. Basically everyone's just going to watch them on TV and that's going to be that. And when they come back to the Coliseum, what, and like, 10 days or something. I think it's a Monday night game. The, you know, there probably won't be a ton of, you know, people there, no. but there'll, there'll be, there'll be a lot of people that it's their first time back again. And it'll be very, you know, you know, good atmosphere for a, mm. for a weekday game. Um, I also think, uh, part of the good vibe nature to it was that this wasn't a show. Whereas the last season at the Coliseum, not saying anything was forced because people, there are people like you and I who genuinely love that place and, and we'll, and are, we're going to miss it. Uh, but like there was like, you know, a lot of forced, like they were basically throwing nostalgia on, on us at every, at every turn. It was like, this is it. Like yeah. they're, you know, and they don't, they don't make them like the Coliseum anymore, which sucks, but they don't. And, and they, and we were reminded of that every second of every day. Whereas this time it was basically like, this is a great place to watch a hockey game watch a hockey game you'll you're watch the watch with people that are there to do the same thing you're there to the crowd looking around that crowd i, I swear to you like i i've seen so many of these people like <laughs> throughout my life like sure. i'm just like yeah i i, I can rec i recognize that it, was, it sounds like kind of weird but like i don't even know who that person is i couldn't tell you what is or her name is but i've seen him or her at islander games before at the coliseum I, i've seen them walk around the concourse like i know exactly who they are um, if you look around a game at barclays it's like Hmm, who are these people? Exactly. Why is that, why is that guy in a suit? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. what is he doing here? Yeah, yeah I see those guys at the college. Oh, there was, I, I, we got to touch on a couple of the, the funny things about it was the, the concourse is, as some people have noticed, noted in stories, um, jam packed still. Yeah. It's a still, yeah, yeah. There's an, in, there is an inner concourse, uh, which people I think will start to get used to walking around in. But, uh, for people in like, it's, it doesn't make sense. Uh, that still kind of got a little jammed, and I'm sure it will. Um, but yeah, the concourse is smaller. I said as soon as I walked in, I said to somebody, and there and there was nobody in this place yet, and I was like, "There's no way that this concourse is going to be easy to walk around because there's more stuff in it, and yeah. it's the same size." Well, that's so, what I was gonna say. Like that, you know, they for you, the the concourse was is, was always kind of small. But as the team needed to make more sort of ancillary money that they weren't getting via their lease, yeah, they added like booths and little tables and all kinds of other junk in the concourse that made it even smaller than it already was. So that stuff is all still there, basically, is what you're saying. But it's, right. it might be even worse than it was before. Yeah, the uh, wow. <laughs> I think okay. it probably was. Which is and uh, yeah, I, I mean it's Nassau County, so you have to. You, there is no reason not to question. Hmm. Where like the uh, th where this money that was used to renovate the Coliseum went to, <laughs> and besides you know the the new seats, I mean you know if if it was 170 million dollars to put in new seats and a you know a new ice system or whatever, you and know. they had to renumber everything, man. You know that doesn't come <laughs> cheap. Somebody's got to pay for those numbers. 
you know? uh, I, 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 I mean, I would love to see a receipt. I would just, I, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anyone's a crook. I mean, they are, but I'm not saying that yeah. I'm not saying it right now, but no, I mean, the, uh, that's fair. Even from pictures, you can, you can tell, I mean, the game itself looked more or less identical to an Islanders <laughs> game at the yeah. Coliseum. And, it and it, that way. honestly, they, they could have just said that. Uh, and, and that's why the night was so perfect. Honestly, it was because they didn't, do make changes for the sake of making changes to things that didn't need. Like if it ain't broke, it don't fix it. The best part of the Coliseum is being inside the, like the four walls, right? Being inside, watching a game, the game looks so good, sounds so good in the Coliseum. It's how every sport should sound. It's how every, every sport should look when you're actually at a game. So they didn't mess with that. And honestly, if I, if we had to pay $170 million for them not to mess with that, so be it. Because that's what, that's what we're all there for. We're there for that, communal feeling that it gives you because it's loud you you can see everything you can hear each other it's and you're on top of everything whatever there is definitely there was definitely um <laughs> maybe some mistakes made in, in, in not you know building out the concourse i uh during the last season i had watched katie baker who was writing for grantland at the time around the coliseum uh, i met her at i met her at francesa con she was doing a story on nassau coliseum and uh that was a good story. I remember that story. Yeah, it was great, and and yeah. she really did it. She did a great job. She gets it. She totally mm-hmm. gets it. And she's a Ranger fan. And um, I I was walking around and I saw, and I was showing her the quote unquote beer garden. Uh, this mm. and this game that she was at was in like a, a blizzard basically. It was Islanders. <laughs> the Islanders beat the Rangers. Halak played awesome. And uh, <laughs> and I showed her. I was like, "There's our beer garden. Do you, do you want a tour of the beer garden?" She's like, "Absolutely." I brought her outside, and it was. Two porter potties and you know a closed beer yeah. stand and a tarp on the ground basically. And I thought that was like a smoking area. I never. I don't know if I even realized that was a beer garden. Well, that's what they called. The that's that's yeah. what they called it. They called <laughs> it the beer garden. And uh, so when I was walking uh, by the new beer garden, which is basically the same thing with like a instead of uh, there's you know porter potties some tables. There's just like the booth is a little nicer. I took a picture of it for her and I sent it to her. I said. Look at the upgrades we made on our beer garden, and she, so she she got a kick out of it. But um, yeah, most like, and I say this in a good way, not in a bad way. Like they didn't they didn't really change anything, which is fine. Like it was fine. It was, and, and I'm not I'm I I will be mad. Like when you find out, you know, 20 years from now that like probably people's salaries got you know pocket or their pockets got lined with this money that that taxpayers paid. But I'm totally i was totally okay with the way the game looked the way the coliseum was and i think every i don't think there was one person there who was pissed off about the, the concourse being small because that's just that's just part of the charm i guess well i you know it's well first of all so i mean i thought that they had renamed one of the sort of barclaysification aspects of the the renovation is that so they did change the numbers the font whatever typeface that barclays uses is now all over the place and i thought they renamed a bunch of things like the like the uh uh, Odulins or Doolins or whatever it was down below is now some kind of fancy VIP area. That's what Mike Carver was saying, I think. On, on yeah, the it's LC podcast. Uh, you see the name on some some name uh, Thornton something right. Thornton. Well, yeah, so, so the Grant Thornton. What well, I still have no idea what Grant Thornton is. And every time I go to Barclays Center, it's like the Grant yeah, Thornton either. ice ice <laughs> surface. Like, what what the hell is this? Is it a law firm? I don't even know what it is. But uh, so that's one thing, I guess. So there's not a lot of that either. I mean, aside from that one, that yeah, one. I mean. I, I'm sure there is like there's some stuff that's now sponsored. Maybe like yeah. it's the uh, Emblem Health Staircase or whatever. But uh, <laughs> but it's it doesn't beat you over the head with it. Right. And and yeah. once again, when you're inside where the game is being played, 
that's that stuff is not maybe it's just maybe I none of us really notice it because at Barclays Center it's everywhere and you're being yes. reminded. Oh, of I mean, it. like every time I sit there, I got I I had for two years I had like Mark Anthony and Beyonce staring at me from across the ice because their faces were like <laughs> blasted on, on that one seating area. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, they're like faces to look at and all, but like, why am I looking at them? I don't understand. But yeah, that's that's exactly how in your face it is at Barclays. You can't yeah. walk anywhere without it being festooned and, and sponsored by somebody right and that's not that's not the case at, at least inside um the uh like the the actual playing arena so hmm. like another and that was another thing i thought especially with the name change i was like there's probably going to be some stuff <laughs> um but it's it i wish i did i do wish it said like nasa coliseum on the ice that was one thing i did notice yeah, yeah but nycb but, yeah yeah whatever it, um you know, everyone's still going to call it the Coliseum. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Well, and that's the other thing, too, I want to get to was like, so you talked about the, the cramp concourse, and I've heard that a lot, and, and it's never going to change. Uh, we had some some people in the comments saying that they literally can't change it because the building has so much asbestos in it that they literally can't, you know, change <laughs> the way it's built. They would have to knock it all down, and even then, that would that's not going to happen. And so that's never going to change and unless they start taking things out of there, which they won't. But I find it funny, and I, I, this isn't just an Islanders thing, too, but I think it's a New York sports fan thing. We have somehow, and I mean, I'm sure that people in Philly and other, you know, Boston or wherever are going to say, that, oh, yeah, we're like that, too. But I feel like with New Yorkers especially, the the inconveniences of going to a game are somehow baked into the experience of going to the game. And you and you feel like you almost kind of have to have that. Like, if you're, there are millions of Yankees fans that live on Long Island that fight through that god-awful Major Deegan Expressway just to get to Yankee Stadium. It is the worst roadway on the face of the earth, and I hate it. And somehow people get on it, you know, and they go to these games all the time. Same with the Grand Central Parkway. People get on or I guess, yeah, right? You can still take the Grand Central to City Field. No. Yeah, right? I don't remember. Yeah, but, yeah, you sure. did. And you did for to, to, to Shea Stadium all the time. And, and the same with, with, you know, Rangers fans that live on – on Long Island, don't mind taking the train to New York City. They just do it. It's part of the experience. You get on it. You see another guy in a jersey. You talk to him. You see a guy in an opposing jersey. You talk to him. Uh, you know, Islanders fans have it built into the experience of going to an Islanders game that you have to drive there. You have to park in this, you know, ginormous parking lot. You probably park a mile away from the damn stadium. Maybe you go two hours early to tailgate or whatever. You force yourself into this cramped concourse to get into these tiny little seats and you watch this game and hopefully they win. Maybe some, a lot of times they lost and we'll talk about those in a little while. And then you have to force your way out of that same concourse and then find your way to the car. And then you have to funnel your way out to uh, whatever that is, uh, Lindbergh Boulevard or uh, Hempstead Turnpike to get the hell home. And it's, it's incredibly inconvenient and it sucks, but that's part of the experience. And like, Without that, I think that that kind of stuff like, okay, if you move the team to a different arena, people will will generally go. But the distance being to Brooklyn and the change of all of that, they took all of that away and they created a new norm, a new experience. People didn't just didn't like it. They don't want to be on the train when they're used to tailgating and they're used to being out in the parking lot and fighting their way through the concourse. So as much as that, being in that concourse sucks – that's our that's our thing, <laughs> like that's our suckage, right. and we will deal with it. And well, that is our burden, and we will do it. As opposed to, I don't want to get on the train and, and fly go all the way to Barclays because that's a different burden that I don't want. I'm not used to it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and I think that the reward of 
the uh, you know of being crammed into a concourse and waiting online for a bathroom and whatever is that? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't have anywhere to start on the bathrooms. I yeah, they were even worse. Oh yeah, the bathrooms are bad. People, I hope people start to you know you you they should put a little like uh, card in, on the back of every seat that says you know <laughs> TV timeouts come after the fourteenth, tenth, and sixth minute. So like you know go go then you'll beat the line and uh, or or go to the porta potties outside in the beer in the beautiful beer garden. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, but I think like the the payoff is that you get to watch a game that you have a game experience that's honestly like probably no other in sports. Maybe you know like sure maybe there's some you know rigs in Canada that do it do it nearly as well, but just pound for pound with everything that's baked in. I think probably and I'm biased. The Coliseum probably does a game a single game whistle to whistle better than anybody else, and uh and that was what was on display like. And hopefully it's also a sign to not just the people in Belmont, but like other arenas are going to start getting built. I think hopefully it's a sign that people are just kind of sick and tired of of like these these new cavernous arenas where you got to be able to fit an SUV and all this other stuff for sponsors. <laughs> like I hope, yeah. you know, I hope maybe, you know, maybe the Coliseum is kind of, you know, it's it's when it does actually go down, it's 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 legacy is that that's this is what sports fans are want. This is what why we why we people watch sports is to, to to have an experience like this yeah well that that's what we've been saying with this whole barclays thing and i mean you know when the when the time comes to post-mortem the relationship between the islanders and barclays center there's going to be a lot of blame to go around <laughs> and a lot of blog posts and and podcasts and and stories written about it and i think you know ultimately it's going to come down to the the barclays center people again we've said this a hundred times on you know the 67 the 66 previous episodes of this podcast at least that uh, they just didn't understand what people want. And what Islanders fans want is a very simple presentation. They just want to show up to a game again in a car with that, regardless of the traffic and all that stuff. They want to just sit and watch a game and then go home. And they don't want any of that other stuff. And, and basically they got tons and tons and tons of stuff they didn't want and they didn't respond to it. And I'm not really surprised that they didn't respond to it. Uh, you know, I kind of wish things had turned out a little bit better uh, or differently, I should say, but that's just what they want. They don't want it. And I mean, I guess, again, it's I could say it's a New York thing, but I wonder if other people are like that, too. And if places that have, have used to it, like I'm sure the Penguins, you know, having won two Stanley Cups are totally used to being, uh, you know, inundated with ads when they go to PPG Paints Arena. But I wonder if you took it away. I mean, there's probably tons of Penguins fans that remember games at the at the Igloo prior to Mario Lemieux, where it was just you show up, you watch a game and you go home. And they probably wish that it was kind of like that, too. And maybe they don't want to go to to a new game because they don't, it's not what they're, they're used to. Um, but that's, that's the way we like it. And mm. uh, so that's why, again, that, that night was, was fairly perfect. Now, having said that, um, you know, there are some, some things to worry about. We talked about it last week. Um, that game was going to be huge. It was the first one. Uh, they got a couple of Saturday night games. They got a Saturday night game against Detroit coming up. I'm sure that'll be pretty, pretty fine. I mean, unless it's like a snowstorm or something like that. But you know, well, they got Tuesday games against the Hurricanes coming up after that, and I'm sure there's a you know a Coyotes or something or a uh, Panthers game stuck somewhere in there in the middle of the week that's not going to be as electric as that, and that brings up you know all the years that you and I and other people went to games at that same very same building that we just rhapsodized about that weren't historic <laughs> and we're, and weren't nostalgic and we're more like oh my god what am I doing here I got to get out of this place this is depressing. Um, you know, maybe the two, the three and a half years away 
have changed people's minds, and we won't get to that depressing stage. I mean, I'm sure there was the players loved playing there. I mean, Bovillier's reaction after he scored that goal was priceless. I mean, if he's not, if it's not already a poster somewhere, it definitely should be. Uh, and Sezikis is too. He was smiling from ear to ear. It was beautiful. Um, but you know, are they going to be like that when there's eight thousand people against there against the Hurricanes? Like I don't know. Um, but again, hopefully that three years away has changed people's minds, and maybe they're a little bit you know, less quick to be like, to bail on it or kind of like just give it sort of that depressing vibe that it had for so long and so many nights uh, when the team wasn't that good. But that's, that's the thing too, is that this team is actually like, it has hope, you know, it has a, has a coach that's good, has players that are good. So maybe that's the difference too, is back then it seemed a lot more hopeless on the ice. Yeah. And, and off the ice too, if you think about it, like I can remember, you know, this is pre, even pre, Tavares, you know, you go to a game when, uh, you know, like the, the John, John Sim and like Ruslan Fedotenko team that you know, you just didn't know, you know, if, if right. yeah, the Islanders were going to be in the state for, you know, five years That's from then true. too. Yeah. So there's, there was just like, so there was a lot more, um, just there were dark clouds hovering over the Coliseum, uh, that were both on and off the ice back then. And, and so you hope that this, like, I think the, the island itself, the polit- like the political machine, like you said, is 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 that regime is kind of gone. Yeah. S- some are in trial, some are just gone. <laughs> uh, but uh, so you, you'd hope that the, the the new regime and people that are now running for office see saw like you know Kate Murray got voted out because she made life impossible for the Islanders, and it just the yeah, Long Island is so lucky to have a professional sports team. Like there's, there's not a professional sports team that is in the suburbs of Kansas city that is known to be like the suburban team in Kansas city. We are extremely lucky and we almost lost that because of, you know, just mismanagement top to bottom, like not just with the team, but with the County and everything. And hopefully now this new, these politicians see that and it will never get to that point again. So not having that hangover, I think will also help. But True. you're right. I think that when you know, like when the uh, when the St. Louis Blues come to town on a on a on a Thursday <laughs> night on a Thursday night in February, yeah. uh, the Coliseum's gonna be. It's not gonna yeah. be you know, Barclays Center where you can, it you can feel how big and open the, the the place is that when it's quiet. But it's gonna be quiet, and you know those we're gonna have to put up with the fact that some people are gonna write articles like, yeah, like we're so like I guess the novelty's worn off or whatever, and yeah. Oh, it's yeah, gonna. Sure. It's it's honestly like we got a sec- Islanders got a second Islander fans got a second chance. It's now up. If we blow it, it's honestly the ball is the ball was not in our court with the first go around with all this. It's completely in our court now. Like this is it's up to us to to show that you know this this build what the building means, what the team means to the island, and hopefully hopefully we do. Uh, there's just there are more games like there were on Saturday than there are like there will be when the when the Blues come on a Thursday night in February. Yeah. Um, I, I also, um, you know, another pro- part of the problem is um, hopefully the ice is better. Like I heard reports that it wasn't really, it was really great, bad. Especially, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, really, it was, really bad. It wasn't that cold. So maybe some, you know, January days will help it out. But then if you're there in March, that's going to, that could be a problem. So they need to fix that. That was part of what they needed to fix in order to get them to even play there. So I'm a little disappointed to hear that the ice still isn't that great. Um, and then the other thing too, is, you know, you wonder how much the ticket prices will affect it, but they'll, they'll come down also. 
Uh, I think this was this was a pricey game because it was the first one. But right. yeah, that that Thursday game against the Blues or that game against the Hurricanes uh, so surely won't cost the same amount. But you know, you got to pay twenty five dollars for parking and all that other stuff. Um, one but thing though, there, I'm there, there to- is a, there's something that like we should also address about the Coliseum, and, and it's a it's a good thing, even though it's like not it's a little bit under the table. It's like there are ways of, unlike any other arena in sports, there are ways around kind of you know, paying $25 for parking and stuff. And you just, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just got it. You just like, and people, people that you know, and we know, like will help you find those ways. So like, if that's the problem and that's like, you know, you, you want to complain about it, like ask somebody and somebody will say, yeah, if you don't want to pay for the $25 for parking, you can park A, B, C, or D. You're going to have to, you're going to have to walk. It's going to be cold, but yeah. that's once again, that's part of the charm of the Coliseum is like, <laughs> this is, this is a building that you can be, that this is a building that you can still kind of beat the system. In. Like yeah. you hear stories about people like sneaking into Ebbets field and watching Jackie Robinson play. Like everyone's grandpa did that. This yeah. is like, that's a, kind of like what it is with the Coliseum. Like it's, it has that kind of charm about it. Like, yeah. oh yeah. Like I used to park it, uh, you know, blank and blank and walk and, and never <laughs> get in. So. Right. Like the, the Coliseum is one of the few arenas where you can hide somebody in the trunk of your car and still get them into the game. Like, and, and nobody would bat an eyelash probably. Yeah. No, yeah. They, I mean, <laughs> don't do that by the way, but yeah. you could, you probably could. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, it's, it, it and you, it's, they, like we keep saying, like they don't make it like that anymore. You try you can't pull that stuff at, you know, giant stadium. You like, no, no. you can't pull it anywhere. So, um, yeah. you know, like the, just ask, like, that's another thing. Like, the Islander fans have all these kind of tools of the trade and it, I guess, uh, you know, you're reluctant to share them because you don't want it to get found out, but amongst each other, like it's, it's, it's no big deal. Like everybody, everybody should, everybody will help you, you know, beat the system in, in one way or another in the Coliseum. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> I mean, the, thing. The players might even help you beat the system because they clearly liked it too. You know, like they enjoy, and again, it gets back to what I was saying before. Like, they still have to play games in Brooklyn. So I hope these players recognize, <laughs> that, you know, you can't just sort of mail in those nine games. I, I don't think they will. Again, Trotz, apparently they addressed it at practice today. They were saying, I think Josh Bailey was saying they talked about it today and how the atmosphere is going to be different. So they'll they'll change it around um, and, and be ready, hopefully, for the Jets, who are not, you know, much like Columbus, much like Boston. Like, that's a team that you have to – You that's a good team that's well-coached. They're big. They're fast. They can score. And, you know, you're going to need to work to earn your points. And if they can get a, a point, maybe two out of them, hopefully, you know, the Jets are a little bit road weary themselves. Having played in New Jersey and the the Garden the last couple of nights, they can, uh, you know, make some hay there. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a good night. Uh, I, I feel like there was um, – I mean, you mentioned before articles of, as eventually that when the novelty wears off, they're going to happen. But, you know, I, I've been a little bit out of the loop. But I really – I don't feel like – this was a thing that was covered outside of the normal circles. Like, you know, I mean, Gross, uh, Staple, uh, Sir Gallus was there. Obviously, I'm, I don't know if, if Brooks wrote a thing, probably did. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, I don't know if they mentioned it even on like a Sportsnet or a TSN. They probably didn't. And that's another thing, too. Like, you, you know, we complain that, about that. That's because um, William Nylander signed with the Leafs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, about 20, yeah. 20 minutes before the the, the doors right. opened. So, so the hell with everybody else. That's that's the only thing that matters, I guess, at that point. That's true. I had forgotten about that. So yeah, he's already back, and I already forgot about him. But um, uh, you know, so but that but the thing is though that even if the, if they did or they didn't, it doesn't really matter because to me, and this is where I kind of want to wrap it up. And we'll you know, if you 
you finish, you give me your final thoughts too, because again, you were there, I wasn't. But the thing I liked about it is that you know we've sat here a lot, and I mean, we've com- people have complained about the Islanders forever for like half their existence, probably their entire existence, and it's gotten pretty bleak at times. But that was a game I think more than anything, like that was a game you could watch, and it's it, if you're an Islanders fan, or even if you're just somebody that's a hockey fan that appreciates and at least understands the 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 experience or the, the history of the New York Islanders, that's a game that you, you feel a lot of pride in. Like, I felt like there was a lot of pride in that game. You know, you're proud to be an Islanders fan in that game. They came from behind. They won. That's that's such an Islanders thing to do, <laughs> to give up a couple of quick goals and then come from behind to win. The place was electric. There were people outside, you know, tailgating for hours and hours. And the party went on for a while after the game was over. And the players were excited and, you know, egging on the crowd. And it was just a great night to be an Islanders fan. It was a proud evening. And, you know, some of those are kind of few and far between. But that that was one, and if if people in other places aren't going to really appreciate that, well, then frankly, to hell with them. Like that, this was our thing, and and we should have enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people did enjoy it. Yeah, honestly, like that last season, in, uh, everybody from every media outlet that's oh, this is the Anaheim Ducks' last trip to the Coliseum, like, mm-hmm. and every every you know hockey writer and hockey outlet put out a a story about the Coliseum and how great it is for the game and whatever. So that it, I'm not saying that cheapened it. It was it was nice that the Coliseum in that in that form got its due from people that it normally wouldn't. Um, but it's it was nice not to have that kind of like manufactured, uh, this, you know, way <laughs> yeah, about sort of like, mandatory, you know? like obligatory. You know, yeah, exactly. we gotta write this story. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, the uh, the people who who were tasked with with kind of summing up the night did it in a you know in a way it should like kind of reflected the atmosphere like it was basically like it never went away and Mm. you know they didn't make a big deal out of much there was like a little video it was cool they were they didn't hit you over the head with it like the coliseum's back and um, it was just johnny boychuk saying we're back that yeah perfect thing like you couldn't ask for anybody better (laughs) to do that (laughs) that big goofball (laughs) yeah i mean they just did it they did it the right way the islanders find a way to botch things like this hmm. seven days a week. <laughs> and it, it honestly, we rag on them a lot. We rag on like the marketing and, and the PR, like we rag on the Islanders a lot for, for stupid things. This was, they, they all deserve like a ton of credit. Like everybody from, from top to bottom did such a good job of, of not messing up something <laughs> that could have easily been messed up. Sure. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah like I, I wanted to go shake their everyone as a hand. So it could be like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing this. Like this is so, it's so nice to be here. And, uh, right. yeah, it was fun. I mean, uh, just like a couple other like random tidbits too. Like I have a, a buddy who's an usher and I was talking to him. His name's Maddie. And, uh, he's got some great stories. We have to get him on the show mm. just to talk about like the costume and ushering there. And, uh, <laughs> And like just he's like he's like yeah there's about like 15 of us that are still here from the old coliseum and uh it was uh, the first it, i was told him the first i was walking around and some somebody the usher asked uh the 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 fan uh hey do you know where you're going and he goes nope he goes yeah me neither yet but we'll find out <laughs> together and, and i was this is great like it's like it's it, it was just like that was like it made right. me laugh and mm-hmm. but it was in such a good-natured way nobody he, this person wasn't mad because oh I'm in Barclays Center and like this place is yeah. amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And the ushers are up, you know up there. I'm in the right seat. Like this was a yeah I've got no idea where I'm going. The ushers like All right, I'll see if I can help you, but I'm not sure I can yet because I don't know this place either. And uh, and yeah. it was like a really nice little moment. Um, I also thought it, the one 
the 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 walk at a, uh there's like an overlook i guess i don't know what to say uh how to what, what, what it's called but it's like it's like it's sponsored by jet blue actually it's like jet blue <laughs> overpass but um there's like a little bar area and it's basically looks like you can watch the game from there if you want to like one of those standing room only places right. but yeah barclay center has like a half a dozen of them basically. right but you can't like <laughs> if you stop there for like more than two minutes like there's nobody behind you either like you're not mm. obstructing the view they're just like you got you can't watch oh, the yeah. game here yeah uh which i, th- I thought that was pretty funny it's just like yeah that's uh, I thought that's all right um yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean it was just a, it was really such a yeah. such a such a nice time. Um, and those things go back to that communal feeling you're talking about. Like this is right. a community. This is a suburban. Team yeah, and this you is feel like you're watching it a in like a, the Barclay Center feels like you're watching a g- ice hockey game in a shopping shopping mall. This feels like you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like you're in like a high school gymnasium. You know? Yeah. It's just basically it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I just uh, yeah I was so happy. Um, that, it was like you know, there's there's probably tw- twenty games at the Coliseum that are uh, you know I, I can remember almost every second, and this will probably be one of them. This is like up there with 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 uh, with some of the best, and uh, yeah, I mean the Islanders the Islanders actually deserve a lot of credit for something. For sure, for sure. Whether or not it gets they get any from outside of New York or not, <laughs> uh, yes. but are. Arthur Staples' article said it felt like home. I forget what what player he was quoting. I think Matt Martin, but yeah, felt that's pretty much sums it up. So there you go. Uh, okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, again, we mentioned the game against the Jets on Tuesday. That is going to be a rough one. <laughs> uh, where no matter where it was played, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, Patrick Line basically has a million goals in the month of November. Um, they're going to find have to find a way to stop him. Barry Trotz was asked. How he can, how the team plans on shutting down Line A, and in uh, our today's uh, moment of trots, he said, "I don't know, maybe give him some bad food." So there you go. Uh, I don't, <laughs> thanks, Coach. Great plan. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's probably there's good food in Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. I love eating in Brooklyn. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of good food there. But uh, yeah, they maybe they could find some some old eggplant parm from the Italian place across the street or something. Like that. <laughs> Some old hot dogs. See, now, if they played that game at the Coliseum, somebody would have been like, yeah, why don't you just feed them the regular food here? Because, <laughs> you know, but but again, this is it's a new day. It's a new new look on the Coliseum, so we won't be seeing that. Um, then uh, Thursday, they have a game in Pittsburgh against the uh, the reeling Pittsburgh Penguins. Am I, am I too early in saying that? Now I've jinxed them by, by saying the word reeling. But uh, they traded Daniel Sprong today to Anaheim for uh, some defenseman, Marcus Peterson. I've never heard of him before. He's on his ELC. I'm sure he's a Ducks defenseman, so he's probably pretty good because they grow them out there. I don't know how they, they like oranges. Um, but uh, they, I, you know, Sprong is one of those guys that like you heard about a ton going into the draft. And it was like, oh, this guy's going to be a first round pick. He's going to be huge. They ended up taking him like, I think, either late in the first round or, or early in the second round. Um Pensburg had the, one of the greatest headlines I've ever read on any SB Nation site ever. Let me see that sprung. That's awesome. I don't know who wrote it, but kudos to you, sir, because that was great. <laughs> um, but now he's gone. He's an Anaheim Duck now. I, I guess it just didn't work out. And uh, I was <laughs> trolling the uh, – trolling, I should say. Not trolling because that, that would be bad. I was reading the uh, Pensburg comment section, and one guy – it didn't take long before somebody was like, I hope this doesn't turn out to like be like a Marcus Naslin situation. Where they uh, they traded Naslin for some guy to to Vancouver, Alex Stoyanov. To, they got in, in exchange for Marcus Naslin, who went on to be like the highest scoring Vancouver Canuck of all time for a short period before he was eclipsed by both Sedins. Uh, so yeah, we could. I, I want this to be a Marcus Naslin situation, but if you're a Penguins fan, 
you don't want to see it be a Marcus Nansen situation. Yeah, it's it's nice to see the Penguins. You know, it's an odd trade. Just yeah, weird. yeah. I mean, it's 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 this is fine. I like, I like, <laughs> I like where the Penguins are right now, and I especially. I mean, I, I think they still make the playoffs. They'll still do whatever. Like, yeah, and, and run, oh, they're, they're going to win thirty-two out of thirty-five games or something like that and make the playoffs. Like, they're going to win the division. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, my my hope is that they end up in the, uh, like the fifth or whatever, and they go whatever. Who even knows? I, I always forget how the freaking playoff system works because it's so so asinine. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. if you're fifth, but uh, hopefully they end up in the other bracket. So you get like Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, Pittsburgh, like real yeah. gaunt, gauntlet. Um, and that that would you know that would be nice. I would I, but like we said, they're 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 this is going to turn out to be a, a great trade for him somehow. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. Um. So that was that was that. oh, and then Saturday, uh, the Islanders are in Detroit. Uh, the Red Wings again. They're they much like the Islanders were expected to be god awful, and they have proven to be generally not god awful. Um, you know, not good, but not awful either. Um, old friends Ron's Nielsen will be there, uh, so that's a tough one. I mean, any any road game, we'll see. But um, you know, I, I think you know we've kind of had the idea so far that if they can grab, keep getting points, I think they'll be okay. Um, you know. Trying, they they have to if they can get a point out of that Winnipeg game, that's really good. And then if they can maybe even split those two road games, um, you know, keep your head, keep yourself in the game. Like don't don't you know don't lose three in a row for sure. But uh, if you can find a way to take points out of these games uh, consistently, they'll stay in the mix uh, through through Christmas, which would be kind of a huge thing. Uh, and then you know they come back uh, for a bunch of bunch of home games, so that'd be pretty cool. Across the state from the Penguins, the Flyers have a new general manager. It's Cliff Fletcher. Uh, the Flyers uh, wanted a guy who was a man of action. So they hired a guy whose team has basically been the same exact thing since the last lockout. So I don't really get it, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Garth Snow. That's yeah, all I need to that, know. That's, yeah, that was so so disappointing. They, they yeah. didn't, like, how can you not hire Garth Snow? I don't know. Well, Well, they do need, like, an assistant GM and a – draft guy so there's still a chance there's still a chance they could bring him in but we'll see what happens um but yeah flyers fans aren't happy <laughs> i don't know how long the honeymoon period's gonna last maybe they'll make a an ill-advised trade too we'll see what happens but uh, that'd be pretty interesting um what was the other thing i was gonna bring up now i totally forgot um yeah so that's about it anything else <laughs> yeah no just look like you obviously there was only a couple games since we last talked uh the uh, I mean, and, and it was great, and it's obviously, I, I wish we could have you know spoke the second the game ended, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I probably would have just been not even saying anything. I was speechless and like kind of crying, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, you know what? The, like just another thing about the costume too is I was getting text messages from people like that I went to college with. My buddy Mike Blair, who lives in Costa Rica now, is like they're back at the Coliseum tonight, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So like these people, everyone was reaching out to like me, and and I'm obviously wasn't the only one getting these types of texts. It was the people who who know how much Islander fans care about the Coliseum and what it means and what it means. Like the Islanders are called the Islanders. Like this is part of the identity uh, of us. And like those type of people reaching out was awesome. Um, so thank you to them too. And I'm sure everyone you know who went to that game had people like that reaching out and just hearing hearing the. Um, I feel like, and this might have just been me, like, you know, messing around in my own head. But like, I heard the beautiful Long Island accent in this place again. Like, mm -hmm. like, like it it sounds different in those. In, the Long Island accent sounds much different 
in the Coliseum than it does outside the Coliseum. And it, and when I say that, I mean it sounds right. Like it, it I was loving hearing people say because it's like baked into the walls, like it's right. literally seeping out of the walls. Like that accent, you know, yeah, you feel it. Oh God! And Bobby, Ny- <laughs> Bobby Nystrom was uh, part of the reason the, co- the concourse was congested at the beginning. Was I was walking down and uh, trying to find a place to watch the game, and, and Bobby Nystrom was there, and there's just like a long line of people. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it was just like, yeah, people trying to take a picture with Bobby Nystrom. Uh, it was great. <laughs> you mean you mean there are people on Long Island that don't have pictures with Bobby Nystrom <laughs> yeah. yet? How is that even possible? Yes, I thought I thought everybody got everybody already. <laughs> Holy cow! How's that? Even, I, I don't understand. That's crazy. Uh, he wow. might be, do you think he's the most photographed athlete of all time? He, might, mean, he has to be. He has he's got to be. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I, like from the moment I knew what hockey was to this second, hmm. every time I've, I, I've been at an Islander game, someone or in a car wash or at a restaurant, Bobby Nystrom is taking a picture. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, I was going to say, so this guy, first of all, he scored. I mean, he's, he's, he scored – he was a lifelong member of the team, first of all, which is a very rare thing for anybody in any sport, okay, number one. So he plays his entire career with just the one team. And it was a long career too. It was, you know, almost 20 years, right, or 15 years or something like that. Uh, he scores the most famous goal in the franchise's history. Uh, he wins four, four championships with that club. And more importantly, he lives there. Like he lives in the community where he played. And he has lived there – for the entire time, you know, his wife and his kids. I mean, his kid is from there. Like, if you look up Eric Nystrom's hockey card, it says birthplace, Syosset, New York. Like, that's where he's from. And so he has, like, I never thought about it before, but you ha- you're you absolutely totally right. This guy, he has to be because, I mean, I'm sure Michael Jordan has been photographed a lot. Oh, and the other thing, too, I, I completely forgot. He's just such an accessible guy. Like, he's, you know, you see him and you're like, hey, Bobby Nye. And he's like, yo, what's up? Like, he's, he, there's no, there's no fear in this guy. Like, he's not like a guarded right. sort of private individual. He's, he's out there. He, people know him. Clark Gillies, too. I mean, Clark Gillies has lived on Long Island, too. I mean, Clark Gillies is more going than Bobby Nystrom is. <laughs> you start, if you get Clark Gillies going on a story, forget it. Just plant yourself there because you're going to want to hear what he has to say because it's going to be the funniest story you've ever heard. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Those guys, they live here in the community. And again, it's a unique thing to the Islanders. That they never, they didn't go back to Canada where they grew up or whatever. This is their home, and they live here. They li- they're as much they're invested in the Coliseum as we are, right. and uh, it's yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely not a restaurant anywhere in Nassau County that doesn't have a picture of Bobby Nystrom somewhere <laughs> in it, you know, <laughs> which is amazing considering that he is in unbelievable shape and could literally bend me into a pretzel if he wanted. To. I'm sure he's eaten at every restaurant in you know, Long Island. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What I said, like you know, most photographed athlete of all time. I don't mean by you know Getty images. I mean by you know, <laughs> he's taking, he's taking, he's, take, he's you know, he's on the uh, he was on the uh, bat mitzvah and you know, oh, yeah. uh, birthday circuit, and now he's yeah. now he's you know just yeah. at the costume all the time. It's, How many doctors' offices and yep. and you know car dealerships is another one too. I'm sure you know that kind of. Thing. I'm sure Eustead Chevrolet has a picture of Bobby Nystrom. <laughs> used to do the commercials there, but anyway, yeah, no, it was it was a great night. It was a great night, and you know. Uh, we haven't even talked about where they'll play playoff games. I mean, again, way, 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 way too early for something like that. But uh, to me, the the choice is simple. You got to play them at the Coliseum. I don't, right. I don't care yeah. what what the number is, how many suites there are, for pure uh, entertainment value and televised excellence. That's it. Just do it. Like yeah, you, you, know, you, you play them at the. You play you play them at the Coliseum. No, but as as yeah. Uh, 
you know, like the Islanders don't get many, haven't had many great nights. That was a great night. And, uh, like people say like, nobody does a big game like the Coliseum. Nobody does really does a bad game like the Coliseum in a, in a, in a different <laughs> way, but, but nobody does a big game like the Coliseum. So, you know, you, you shoehorn that game in there any way you can. It doesn't matter if uh, you got to push Lionel Richie, you know, back a night or two. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll figure, well, first of all, it'll be Billy Joel. It won't be yeah. Lionel Richie, number one. And number two, I think he'll be cool with it. Like, I think yeah. they'll figure it out. But again, well, let's not put the cart before the horse. They, um, oh, I almost forgot. So you mentioned odds before. Uh, the latest odds from this morning, and uh, Andrew Gross was the one who pointed this out. I'm glad he did because I didn't even know. Uh, the Islanders started out as a 100-to-1 shot to win the Stanley cup. Uh, they are now sitting at a lofty 35 to one. So there you go. How about that? So, How about it? Yeah. That's the Barry Trotz effect right there. That's it. You jump, you know, 70, <laughs> 65 uh, spots in the uh, Boveda odds only because of Barry Trotz basically. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, the, uh, obviously 35 to one is, is, is still basically there's a, 96 yeah. percent chance you don't win but that's a huge because 100 to 1 is one percent right so you they say you have a one percent chance um and now we we have like a four maybe percent chance or 3.5 3.5 which is a lot yeah. that's a, a huge jump and uh it is honestly all trots if, if the islanders got off to the same start and doug Waite was behind the bench the islanders would probably still be at like 80 oh. to 1 Oh, yeah, thousand to one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I was like, well, I've never seen them go up in chances like that before. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, it's, um, uh, oh. beautiful, man. And you could see it in, in even the game to game market. Like, you could tell, you could tell, odds makers are still like, this team is doesn't deserve to be a favorite, but we're gonna inch them a little closer to right, the minus yeah. number. And um, yeah, I think it's driving a lot, a lot of. I know. You know, I, I watch follow a lot of professional bettors, and the Islanders drive them nuts because all the numbers suggest bet better against the Islanders, better against the Islanders, and they're just costing everyone money. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That's that's great. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. You know, beating the odds, New York Islanders, the 2018-19 New York <laughs> Islanders story. I like it. Um, so uh, yeah, now that I got their schedule up here, so yeah, Winnipeg, and then two road games in Pittsburgh and Detroit, and then they're actually home on Monday uh, versus the Penguins at the Coliseum. So that'll be a pretty good one. I know it's a Monday, but yeah, you know, it's the Penguins are in town. Uh, it's at the Coliseum, so you get some old vibes there. I'm sure Sidney Crosby won't be happy to to go there, although he's probably got eight eight hundred points in his yeah. year at the the Coliseum. And then uh, on Wednesday, uh, they host the Vegas Golden Knights at Barclays Center. Now I'm a little bit sad, actually. I kind of wish that game was at the Coliseum too, because they'll probably never get a chance to to play. Well, I guess they'll they'll play there next year, but. Uh, so, yeah, if you're going to go to a game, you want to check out the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it'll be next Wednesday. Uh, that's the night of my actual office uh, holiday party. So we'll have to record probably Thursday night. <laughs> so uh, if we're a little bit late that week, that's why. Blame my office holiday party. I will. But it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's – and, uh, yeah, it's not – I mean, that that I did not even think about that Peng- That Penguins game would be perfect. And right? That's yeah. like the – that's the right game to have as a follow-up act because it was going to be a weeknight game. It's the Penguins. Yeah, sure. Um and one yeah, one last thing I have to I forgot to mention too when I got uh, when I actually got into the Coliseum parking lot, <laughs> and this is tr- a completely true story. I was walking in and the first song I heard from a tailgate was, uh, "The Boys Are Back in Town," which is <laughs> that's awesome. And that's, that's when awesome. I just that's when I knew I was just like, oh boy. There's your title. There's your yeah. title. That's great. Hopefully, it was playing on a continuous loop 
for like five uh, hours. It was it was playing behind a gentleman eating a hot dog in a way that kind of gave away that he was probably seven or eight beers deep. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. I'm playing the. I'm going to play the boys are back in town at the beginning of the episode. So there, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So. So, so the, that one guy that complained about our theme song this week is, is for you, buddy. You get to hear the, the awesomeness Thin Lizzy. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. So we'll be back next week, probably after the Vegas game, but we'll, we'll figure it out then. Um, why don't you tell everybody your, your Twitter handle again? It's the Big Lebowski. And, and uh, once again, I just want to say thank you, Islanders, for a great night. Yes. Uh, you should follow Mike there uh, for all of his uh, Islanders pride. You can you can uh, follow along with him. He's always got the, he You posted that great picture of uh, – the rainbow over the Coliseum. I'm, I mean, that was just another perfect image right there. That's great. I'm, surprised. I'm not surprised you had that on your, your phone. <laughs> but yeah. that's pretty cool. That's a special, special picture. Yes. I don't yes. even know. Who, I think Greg Picker took that picture. Yes. So, according, like, uh, we'll, yeah, some, yeah, we'll give him credit for that. So thanks, Greg. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Greg. Uh, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes because we can use it. Uh, you should tell everybody you know about Lighthouse Hockey uh, and uh, the Islanders Anxiety Podcast. Um, and uh, just one thing I want to mention. So b- before the game, uh, Brendan Burke uh, put out a tweet saying that he was he, – the only things he had ever been to at the Coliseum before that game were a USA Hockey Olympic exhibition game and a Bare Naked Ladies concert. And now he has done an Islanders game. He feels like he's part of the club. Wow. Brendan did a great job. <laughs> he really the, brought the uh, energy. Bare Naked Ladies and Hootie and the Hootie and the Blowfish is back, I guess. And they're back yeah. in August. And Bare Naked Ladies is opening are opening. I for know. Them. Unbelievable. So there you go. So everything is coming back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you're Brendan Burke, you're probably very excited. So thank you, Brendan, for for calling a great game. I'm glad you got to go to the Coliseum. Uh, and we'll, uh, this tune, this tune I'm going to play at the end here, I picked out for you. So there you go. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Happy Hanukkah. If you're celebrating, enjoy it. Hope you get all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, we will be back next week. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Broken to the old apartment.